What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 154 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your hostess with the mostest, Alex Arona. Guys, I've hired a propaganda team to infiltrate Team Getty, and I've convinced his people that I am the superior host. I've taken over. Um, we're going to slowly come in from the borders. I got, like, people telling everybody... You know, I got a lot of plans uh, of people convincing his team that I should be the host. Like, oh my god, we need Joel, a host. Joel, I think you should stop him, Joel. Joel, somebody stop him. But this is mildly offensive and topical, I guess. Alright, well, how about this? How about I hire a mascot to go to areas around local high schools and I tell them how cool it is to like me as the host, and I am the superior host. Our podcast is generally around 18 years and up, but I mean, we gotta get them early, so it's like just like a hint of like, oh, you know. Yeah, um, no, that 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 um, that ain't good. But we'll call him Bo Camel. The Alex is the best podcast camel. For God's sakes, can we please start the show? Fine. With me this week is my sidekick Joel Dewitt. Have you resigned yourself to Team Coup? All right, I've got to wind this up because like you're making this a real alliterative problem tonight. So, <laughs> <clears throat> okay, uh, I severely see you as this podcast, Alex Anon Shaman. Oh, there we go. See Shaman? Yeah, I sort of stumbled at the end there. Right. right at but the I do love line. wearing hats with horns, though. Alec, are you in on this action? Absolutely not. I ha- don't have time or energy to take over the podcast capital. My girls got scouts tomorrow. I really did make this an alliterative, alliterative nightmare. I put war paint on my baby. Phil, you're raising a small army. Let's usurp Getty with the TikTok teens. Uh, my kids are way too young for TikTok, but they already started helping Angie with hers, so maybe soon. Great! Spin up the TikTok machine! This week, we get confused in early adopters, talk about our mental states of play in the news, and hodgepodge it up in the backlog, but first, early adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games with endless ninja action. The first game we played is Ninja Scroller. It is an auto-runner where you have the ability to attack, dodge, and jump over your enemies in an attempt to collect uh, scrolls? Yeah, and oddly stop, too. There's a button that stops Mm -hmm. you and kind of sits you down. I think it's like a a hesitation, like a juke. You could juke him. Could be. You can actually hold it, and he'll sit still there. So it isn't like a, a small time window. So I find that interesting. It's almost kind of a nice uh pause point if you're getting overwhelmed be like take a breath <laughs> and, and now i know the path and i can keep going forward uh to these endless runner type games it is what it says like you are on a track running through a course and you're having to dodge and avoid different uh, enemies or pits or obstacles things like that uh it, it is uh i had a tough time starting out guys um i was very surprised because the one of the big things is that as you're running, these other ninjas are coming forth swinging swords, and I didn't quite anticipate them having that far out of a reach. It's like you have to get in really close to go and hit them. And not only that, there's also like a delay when you hit that sword swing button. I'm used to like Ninja Gaiden start doing precision slashes, you know, enemy after enemy after enemy. Yeah. And in this one, you can't quite do that. You gotta like hit the button like a split second before you reach the guy, and then you got if you, if there's somebody behind him, either you're trying to jump or hit it again immediately and hope you hit it in time so that he doesn't get you. 
So it, it's the physics were really floaty, and it just it was a a bit of a an adjustment. Yeah, I felt like sure. you really had to like. I felt like this was more plotting than I think reactionary. Like you did have to kind of think a little bit farther ahead. And I think for me, when you when you know the classics are like the bit trip runners, and um, with some of those games, those are more uh, I want to say like Twitch. <clears throat> like Twitch, where you can, where you have to just instinctually know what to do and just on the fly. And I feel like this one, you do have to know a little bit more in the future and just kind of watch the entire screen than what is just directly in front of your character. I think that's what I liked about it. It slows the game down, and between it not being quite as fast moving and the stop option, it really helps. The challenge ends up being a lot of times there'll be points where they're just littering, littering the area with ninjas. Like them falling from the sky and then being on two different platforms. And it's at that point where it's like, well, you know, that's probably where you should be really using that pause button to be like, okay, like a maze. I'm going to go through this way and then I'm going to jump here. I'm going to slash. I'm going to go down, roll underneath, and then keep going forward. So, like, it is a cool bit of strategy you can sort of apply to it. Yeah. And then on, on, on top of that, you have to think about the idea that um this isn't a this isn't a a planned out level this is randomized i never every time i would run the ninjas the enemies would be in different places each time so no run felt the same and i did feel like if you're trying to do this kind of twitch based like i'm only using my instincts and reactions i feel like at that point it became like a game of luck of oh man i really didn't like oh like i'm lucky that nothing it was around for that gap of time, but now there's seven of them and it's oh, okay. So I think that maybe I was playing this wrong by kind of just wanting to do that instead of like slowing down the action and trying to plan out a route forward. Like you were, you mean like trying to play it like Ninja Gaiden? Yeah. Yes. Did and I kind of didn't fun, think about though? it that way. So I think if I did. Yeah. Then, then you weren't playing it wrong. If you had fun, you're not playing it wrong. Well, yes, but I feel like my success could have been... I, I could have been more successful. Oh, fair. I, yeah, I did what you mean. I think that was sort of where I started, too. Is not Part of it was that I didn't even know that was an option to just stop. That seemed inconceivable to me because of the series. Yeah, it's a runner. You just assume it doesn't stop. Uh, so once that discovery happened, that's where the gears started turning. It was just like, wait, I can slow down this game to my level and then you know, be able to plot things out. And it, it's a learning process, definitely. But I I felt like I was scratching the surface of it, but I would like to see more of something like this. And in, in this, in this uh, like, demo, they only gave us the, the, like, the tutorial a little bit, and they said, like, oh, go ahead and collect 100 scrolls, which I was like, I would get, like, nine. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm doing, I'm, I feel like I might be doing something, diff- like, wrong here. So, um because of that, I feel like there is, um, there there obviously will be more, and there is a, a level to what they can do as far as like adding in like a slide or you know throwing in uh, variable enemies and projectiles and all this other stuff. So I think that there's a, there's a lot of room to grow. That that seems exciting. Now, uh, what would you say this game like look the the look of it? Anybody? Hit me. It, uh, I mean. Very much like a like a side-scrolling ninja game again, back in the vein of Ninja Gaiden, Shinobi. So like sixteen bit. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's somewhere in between. Almost, I mean, yeah. it's a little bit better than eight, but it's not sixteen. Yeah, okay. like twelve bit. Yeah. Okay, so go. it does have that retro look to it. It does. It's a very, very artistic style that was very uh, deliberate. I mean, though, I'm looking, and they say they got it for Windows 32 and 64-bit, so, you know. Hmm, that's interesting. These numbers are meaningless to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Joel, uh, you know what uh, also seems to be meaningless to you? (laughs) Context clues. (laughs) We also played Don't Shoot Me. Which uh, I always like when we do this. The, these are uh, the hidden gems that are for me uh, are fun because they aren't games. These are game jam builds. These are uh, they have they have you know we may have talked about this before, but they do have these like fun developer contests where they will have like ten to fifteen developers, like uh, uh, just game game creators, and they will put them in a room and then say, okay, we have forty eight hours. Let's all make a game, and the theme is blank. And and out of it, you will get these little mini experiences that are like twenty minutes, or you will like you someone will make that, and then they'll eventually after the game jam use that to bake a full game, and that's what's kind of fun with a lot of that. You you get these people who are just kind of putzing around and coming up with funny ideas that could end up being uh, something big time name. But in this case, don't shoot me is a game jam game where the concept is you're a detective and your partner has is in front of you but also there is an alien copy who has taken over the look of your partner and they are both saying hey i'm not the alien and here is a random fact and you only have the ability to shoot one of them the uh and then what you were supposed to do is look around the room and you can shoot certain objects and the objects will reveal like just a little silly piece of information that will give you the context clue to figure out which one of these is not the alien you remember that episode of the simpsons when homer got a gun and started using it for everything (laughs) yeah yeah that that's exactly what this reminded me of i'm just like okay so i gotta shoot things i gotta shoot the light to turn it on like are you kidding me (laughs) let me walk around the room or something but yeah that's that's what it reminded me of it's like all right i'm using this gun i got six bullets you use it for everything it's your only tool is a gun (laughs) and and, and the thing is though is that there were things in the environment that weren't that weren't part of the puzzle that were still like, I was shooting the globe and the globe was spinning. And I was thought that was always like, that was pretty funny. Um, and obviously you turned on the light and different stuff like that. Uh, Alec, Alec, did you get a chance to play this one? I, uh, I did not this week. No. Oh damn. This was, was a good one. Joel. Let me share my experience today. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that's a story. I, like most people, work has been a grind, and I somehow squeaked away early enough to try to fit in some time playing this game i did play it or attempted to play it for about 10 minutes Uh the first two minutes was trying to figure out what to do and i figured out the gunshot i saw the two aliens i just tried shooting one to see what would happen yep and of course then you know the other one jumps on you the next step is then to see okay is this a probability thing or do they not allow you to do it so i proceeded to go another five rounds of uh playing any mini miny (laughs) mo. (laughs) <laughs> and uh surprise they're all aliens um they're not then well the all all the ones that you see living are aliens uh and what? then uh the third try uh-huh. 
I decide to start looking around, and, and I'm shooting the stuff on the walls. But I figure like I can't move, so I start hitting buttons. The WASD didn't do anything. Uh, so I started just poking keys, and I eventually hit one that like put. I'm not sure if it was like a developer mode or something or editor, because I was just able to sort of float around in and out of the building and into different spaces that they had built. So if you hit the tilde um, key, it brings up a developer console, kind of like uh, Fallout. I wasn't. I, I didn't dig around it too long, but uh, I thought I enabled the ability to walk, but it, it didn't. I, I didn't know what the control was. You guys so dug into this it, way different than I did. <laughs> I just played the game. <laughs> I hit buttons. Well, I mean, yeah, I played the game too, and I, I figured it out. I mean, I you know I was able to kill the alien, but you know, I'd dig around with some other stuff and see what what's up. I mean, completely trying to figure out the control, just like Joel did. That's how I stumbled upon the the the. the the uh, console it's like ninja scroller it's it's the couple games that tweet something that feels inconceivable to tweet or remove right so like a first person puzzle game you don't expect to be stuck to in a fixed state and then have to shoot everything to find the puzzle clues answered you know same thing it's like they nailed your shoes to the floor right (laughs) right okay so what else happened to you joel uh then i had to turn it off because i had a contractor coming to my house so okay so, for instance, it say, they say, like, um, hey, uh, I, I'm the real partner. You love smooth jazz. Or one would say, I'm your partner, and you love rock and roll. And if you shoot the radio. Shoot the radio. It will start yeah, blasting rock and comes roll. comes on. Okay. Right. All right. So there was things like that. There was one where it goes, your daughter's name is Susie. And he goes, no, your son is named Dylan. And then if you shoot your bulletin board, a piece of paper falls and you see that it reveals that you have a, a your child's drawing on it when it says Dylan on it. Yeah, for, yeah, for mine, it was a, a drawing that was behind a box. So I had to shoot the box away. Oh, so it's a little bit varied. I think it is. Not too much, but I think it varies a little bit. That's, That's very for, clever. It really for is. For a game jam game, you don't expect like infinite replayability and randomization and everything but right but yeah that's what that's kind of why i liked it was because it was this clever conceit of just like very basic like oh okay like i can kind of use context clues to find out what exactly like which one is telling me the truth and which one's not which again you know if you're the detective you should know what your child's name is but it's (laughs) It's cool that, yeah. that they gave you that info and uh, in a way that you didn't need to be in the person's head. It does sound like it was a nice experience, though. Something unique. Yeah, and it's very basic because, you, again, you don't even move. You just can spin around the area and then uh, the other your other mouse button just shoots. But it was... It was funny. And your, the alien, if you got the wrong guy, the alien would jump, like, would jump out and, and shoot you. And he had a life bar. So you had to try to shoot him... I think uh, like six times, you say, Phil? Hmm. Six times. Yeah. So uh, each time is a different set of clues and, uh, and different questions. And then you have to like search, search around like, what's your favorite fruit? And uh, yeah, different stuff like that. Overall, I think this was like a, uh, this was like a fun idea that I, 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 I don't know how you would make this into a full-fledged game. But I could see wow. a series of mini games that could somehow evolve into this. Well, you know, you randomize out the clues so that, like, maybe your son is always Dylan, but, you know, that you change it, and sometimes it is Samantha, or, 
you have different partners in different scenes and areas. You could easily... yeah, I said the alien runs into a different room and then there's somebody else there and then you got to figure out who's the real yeah. No, okay. give it a curated experience, separate levels, different uh, themes, or uh, varying like it's me, it's me, it's me, or something like that. I yeah. that that's what I'd like to see. Not I, I am starting to get a little bit tired of the uh, randomization and and the road lights of it all. <laughs> it's okay, uh, I know that's a sin to Alec, but <laughs> no, it's not for everybody. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so that that's my opinion. If it, they would do well, something your like that, opinion is wrong. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you. I mean, Alex, a little bit aggressive. Uh, he uh, shot me in the foot, so I need a break. Let's get us out of here. <laughs> We're back. Hey, news. I'm super psyched about old things coming back. Don't worry, this pays off later. <laughs> news. Uh, news. We've got some old stuff coming back. Uh, y'all like Glover? Dion Glover? Yeah. Or uh, Donald? Not Dong Lover. Donald, Donald no, Glover. That, not, not Dong Lover. No. I don't think oh, I've ever. Uh, Hmm. It was an N64 game with you played like the pizza hand glove thing. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, a good I game. I love like I the like hamburger glove. helper guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Hamburger helper. Um, Glover's back uh, on on everything, which is kind of wild. Everything. Yeah, it's on Steam. Who's here playing Glover? Who's uh, going to no. do that? I'm busy. I got other stuff. Y'all like Gex? I might play Gex. Gex? Does, yeah, does, Gex. Gex was doesn't great. he sell insurance now? No, that's a different guy. <laughs> the um, they have uh, Glover's back. Gex. They are uh, starting to uh, renew that copyright, and uh, if they can get Dana Gould, man's a treasure. Is that a reference uh, to something? No. Okay. I like Gex. You like Gex? You don't like Gex? I don't know. I, I've seen the bots cover of Dex, much like I've seen the bots cover of Glover. Yeah. It was cool because each level, it, you know, they're all 3D platformers, but each level uh, was like a, a different thematic, almost like TV show or movie. Oh, And cool. one, it was like Super Spy, and he was just quoting Austin Powers the entire time, and it was kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a PlayStation 1 uh, platformer. Yep, that's yep. the point. Yep. <laughs> um, Joel, you put hell yeah, F0X is added to Nintendo Switch Online? Hell yeah. Uh, which mean... one is this? What do you mean? No, go ahead. The, what system? <laughs> uh, the Nintendo 64. Oh, okay. Are you, are you going to play this? Yes. I actually I, I saw somebody posting a screenshot of the game online, and... Uh, it made me like jump on the switch to see if it's there yet, and it's not. No. Okay. Just wait till you get your Steam Deck, pop Dolphin on there, and emulate the uh, one for GameCube. We don't say the Good. e word on this podcast, Gallery. But I, 
but oh. I have a switch now. <laughs> also, also uh, they have they have gotten dolphin working, I believe, and yuzu. And okay, that would play F Zero GX though. That that probably is the most accessible accessible way to play F Zero GX. Hmm. I still have a Wii and my WaveBirds. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have any of those, but I just uh, watched the F Zero anime like last week. Does that count? There was mean an, an anime? anime? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Joel, Joel, absolutely knows about that. I have not seen it, to be clear, but I, I've followed other podcasts who are keenly aware of its existence and bringing it up. So. I have it. Yeah. Uh, you should you, you should watch it, Joel. Yeah, I'll you throw watch it with your kids. I'll throw that on the pile with uh, what was it, Pokemon Origins? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pokemon Origins. I want to know what that's like for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's good because <laughs> it's it's subbed, so it makes uh, Enzo and Dominic read it, and they can actually read it. So nice. I think subs are still a little too far out there for uh, my seven year old. Hmm. Okay. I don't know, but I want to. I still want to have Joe and Elspeth sit down and watch uh, Seven Samurai. But we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> don't you know, look some, at me. I'm a, I'm a sometime, dubs Sometimes I just don't want to have to read while watching television. Again, I'm a dubs guy. Seven Samurai was never dubbed. No, it wasn't. At least not officially. Yep. Uh, speaking of old stuff, because you guys are old, uh, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 delayed due to Ukraine-Russian conflict. Uh, Joel, what do you think about this? Excuse me. <laughs> Joel, I'm waiting for you to tell me about that. Uh, I, I saw you like sneezing three times. I thought you were waiting for me to like cut you out or something. Those are painful. No, edit um, this out for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's kind of wild, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's thoughtful of Nintendo to consider what the uh, perception of that would be and try to be, uh, you know, mindful of that and how they communicate out from their business. Um it's, you know, it's just like another domino falling from all this stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. You know, also, yeah, though a lot of those games, <clears throat> you don't want to be, you know, I think that some of those conflicts may reference or at least hint at it being Russia. Y- yeah, that's true. I mean, Russia's the, Russia's the enemy in a lot of uh, games and movies, aren't they? Um... But yeah, it's it's a big part of that. There's definitely a twinge of that. Okay. Uh, we had a Sony State of Play this week, uh, with which was about 20 minutes long. Said it was focused on a lot of Japanese games. Uh, but let's uh, go back to that old stuff talk. Uh, we got the TMNT Kawabunga Collection. Uh, Joel, how hype were you? Oh, that's, uh, you know what, I heard that existed, and I just knew I didn't need to see anything else on this list. You knew so, exactly so, what was, what was yeah. going on with that. Yeah, it's in the hierarchy of priorities. It's like the top of the food chain, for sure. Next to that new TMNT game. Yes. Actually, you know what's funny? I thought about that, about how like they're kind of conflicting with each other, right? Because the people who want to buy the new one are the same people who love the old ones and want to sort of return to it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how differently they play and the changes. As long as the, cow- you, say, as long as the Cowabunga collection has the original uh, TMNT arcade along with uh, Turtles in Time, 
and Hyperstone Heist, which was actually a very quality game for Sega Genesis, uh, I'd be happy. Are they all beat 'em ups? Oh yeah. No, there is one that's actually a fighter. Oh yeah, well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Was it Turtles Fighters or something like that? But I mean, Hyperstone Heist, uh, Turtles in Time, and then the TMNT uh, arcade; those were all beat 'em ups. Is the fighter going to be on this? Yes. Oh, that's pretty wild. I didn't realize that. Now, mm-hmm. which one? Because there were two different ones. One for Super Nintendo and one for Sega Genesis, and they were both just a little bit different. Well, now I'm going to have to doodle. Hold on. And maybe it's the best of both. While Joel is Googling, I'm not the Googler this time. I don't like that word, Googler. Um, don't don't they, go Google yourself. Uh, also, tournament Fighters. It's Tournament tournament fighters okay i think that's super nintendo um jojo's bizarre adventure the fighting game which came out i believe the 360 ps3 era is surprisingly and weirdly coming back i don't it's that resurgence that's getting on netflix you might as well you know you're not wrong i have watched two episodes of it as opposed to reading and watching none of it. I've watched <laughs> three seasons of it. To be continued. Okay. Did it... <laughs> yeah. you know, Is that something that should be watched? It's it's over the top uh, art style, bombastic, yeah. it's crazy. A lot of it a lot of people will will say it's kind of feminine looking just the way the a lot of the men like are dressed and you know, very um sparkly. Yeah, spangly jumpers and um <clears throat> I think it's hilarious because a friend of mine, um, Seth, who uh is a huge JoJo Bazaar's uh, Adventures fan. He, he put up this meme uh, that was saying, you know, me trying to explain to my mom that uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure isn't gay because it's just, <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I'm like, and I know it's, you know, it's it just just the way JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is. But I laughed at him. I'm like, have you seen the outro to Golden Wind? <laughs> and he's like, okay, that part's a little. Eh. <laughs> and- it's great because like the first two seasons are all classic like rock band puns. Yeah, yeah. I hmm. think I met uh, our uh, EO Speedwagon. Yep. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then this, the the was it the season uh, was it the gold the Golden Wind I think it was the Golden Seal or Golden Wind. At the end of at every every closing credits, it's all the dudes posing with like no shirts on, and it's playing uh, Jodeci's "Freaking You." <laughs> It's a choice. Oh, well, I mean, you know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Jodeci. That's what they were trying to capitalize on. But and I'm like, yeah, um, that. I'm like, this outro's. Uh, it's a little questionable. <laughs> it's so, got yes, sexual it's totally energy. Totally worth watching. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's. I the two episodes I've watched, I'm unimpressed, but I also understand where everyone's coming from. That it is just like they will fall from a two-story window and have a full conversation that lasts two and a half to four minutes before they actually hit the ground that kind of thing Mm -hmm. joel where they they just kind of get rid of any pretext that this is real life at all totally so i think that that's more about where the love from it comes from is the fact that like the the absence of realism and the the audacity to like be that bombastic without really having any like there's no there's not a lot of merit for it there isn't any reason to be that obnoxious or that loud or that like it's just 
that's what that world is is that everyone does that all the time yeah you just you that's, gotta know that it's absurd going into it there's uh, that's that, it that's just the baseline it's a it's yeah, a laundry like, list of anime tv tropes there's just yes. these two guys who are fighting and then another guy comes out of the shadows and says, I know him. He's a liar. And then they just go, oh, see, I told you. And they're like, this random stranger. And it, it, like that kind of thing. It just, there's a lot of is them. it parody or is it in earnest? In earnest. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's not parodying anything in particular, but it is like, the, like Phil said, it's parodying the tropes. Yeah. The show is a caricature of itself. Yeah. Yeah, once they say something, they then kind of repeat it over and over ad nauseum to try to make it a joke. That they'll do something a- completely. They'll do something completely serious, and then it like that it becomes a joke after like three episodes. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> it, it is a. It's a very. That's why I've watched two episodes. It's a very active show. Mm-hmm. Like the first episode happens, and then they say, 15 years later, episode two." Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. It's like Sifu. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Um, all right, continuing on the state of play, we got Exo Primal, which looks okay as a multiplayer multiplayer co-op shooter shooting dinosaurs. Um, old stuff. We got some Valkyrie Elysium bringing back the Valkyrie profile name, which I was kind of surprised. I thought that was dead. Yeah, I was actually playing well, it again on uh, my uh, Vita. And you know the Valkyries just collect dead people. Yeah. What this Spoilers. and there was an this and there was another announcement for a game called Diofield Chronicle. Yeah. What is maybe this? It's not Dio. Dio. Maybe it's Diofield. I don't know. But the, so Joel, they have uh, create uh, another franchise, no name, but throwing back to say like Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. And, but it, but it's not like exactly tactics because it also looks like Fire Emblem. Huh. So because of this, uh, it just throws back to me of the PlayStation 1 era of Square where they would just make these different, like they would make these random, uh, this is a one-off uh, game that has a, it's a JRPG and it's not necessarily a franchise it's just we're just throwing something out there like this is back like you had final fantasy you had tactics you had um Z- uh xenogears and you had all like all of these different games that were just getting thrown out there that were just like oh this is a one-off jrpg i don't know maybe it you know take it or leave it it's just make up a new game that's sort of your kind of area of interest right yeah that's i, I was really big into that and i tried to play them all but uh, the point for me is that I'm excited when they just kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I want to see that, and uh, and uh, for me, it's very exciting. I'm hoping they throw some more saga at the wall. I don't. Do we need more saga? They released one, didn't they? I think they did. Was it of Frontier? They they need to throw more F Zero at the wall too. I mean, they did also the I Final mean, Fantasy yeah. Adventures. Yeah. See, Star Ocean kind of came out of that. Oh, remember Parasite Eve? That was pretty cool. That's a I know the front of the box game. Remember Brave Fencer Musashi? That was a good game. Also, also front of the box. <laughs> Legacy of Kane. Come on, like let's throw let's throw more yeah, stuff if we're, at the wall. If we're talking about Man. Soul Reaver, then yeah, I'm I'm keenly. That's aware like the. Of that. I go ahead, Alec. 
tried replaying Legacy of Kane recently, Ooh. and the load times on the first game are up. Oh, it's atrocious. I beat that game. Yeah. I've gotten pretty far. It was like the second game I ever owned for PlayStation 1. and Yeah, it was an early PlayStation yeah. 1 game. The voice acting was fantastic. Uh, the, the play was interesting, but yeah, the loading time was just absolutely atrocious. I'm just looking at, again, all the, the lists of uh, Square games that they just kind of threw at the wall. Einhander. Oh, I love that shooter. And Urguys. Yeah. Oh, man. Urguys yeah, was I was okay. just about to say that. Yeah. Ver- Vagrant Story. Oh, you know, the- Vagrant Story was good. That's why I was, that- and Ark the Lab. I, Ark the Lab yep. was good. Uh, that was the one I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember. I'm like, what was it? It was Vagrant Story. So we just have, like, all of these games that back in the day that they would just, like, throw out there, and I think that, like... This is another one of those. That was that, Square's heyday. Uh, yeah, it really it, was. And I'm trying to see. Uh, is this Did anyone play Blast Chamber? No. Hmm. I was actually okay, just okay. playing um, a uh, racing RPG called Racing Lagoon. That was uh, PlayStation One, and it was never released in America. But I found uh, a patched version that I was playing on my Vita, and. Uh, pretty interesting that was a square game i think <laughs> i i like it when rpgs are made out of weird uh non-traditional stories or, or themes uh bushido blade was another good one bushido blade should be revisited mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which one did you say alec wild oh arms. god oh, i yeah. loved wild arms that was such a good i game. i put like 50 hours and only got like halfway through uh wild arms one i think last year it's a, it's a good game. Um, so, it, also, this kind of goes along with Square's newest theme of making stupid names. We have uh, Project Triangle Strategy, Octopath Traveler, now Dio, Dio, Dio Field Chronicle. Octopath Traveler made sense. I, yeah, it did. Mm. It was a stupid name, but it did make sense. It was, a, it was both. Triangle Strategy. No, there's no defending that one. Unless you're playing basketball <laughs> in Chicago. There you go. Um, we got some Returnal DLC, uh, which I'm sure Gaddy's hyped down because it's multiplayer. Ghostwire Tokyo. I'm still not sure what this game is. So, it's so primal. Uh, I'm talking about um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Ah, okay. Somebody highlighted. That one. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm highlighting all of them as I go. Uh, Forspoken looks kind of cool because it, it, that's the game where the girl is, uh, you know, in modern times gets sucked into medieval times and somehow has magic powers. Isn't that the premise of Inuyasha? It's been a long time. Now that I think about it, I don't know the premise of Inuyasha. <laughs> is, that, is that the premise of Inuyasha? Yes. The girl okay. falls into the well. well. Is- She's in, like, uh, feudal Japan, and then she meets I- the, the demon, the... It's been a while since I watched. I feel like this is just a genre, like isn't this a thing? Right? Wasn't there a name for it? Right? Maybe it's like a just like a genre. I mean, I know there's the magical girl genre. What's that? That's like uh, Sailor Moon and stuff like no, that. No, what's it called though? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, we have that one. Uh, we got Final Fantasy Stranger in Paradise, which is exciting. That's the Souls-like game that it takes place in the world of Final Fantasy One. Interesting. We'll see. Do you think that any of the Final Fantasies are direct sequels? We have had direct several sequels? direct sequels. Well, no, like, 
Like, which one is most likely to follow this path of, oh, Final Fantasy 1 is uh, the predecessor to Final Fantasy 4 or something like that? You mean, like, uh, setting them in a chronological order cool. as if they had in the same universe? Final Fantasy 12. Final Fantasy 12? Is the sequel to, to Tactics. Ooh. Fair. Good point. That. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of, other than other than ones that are directly referenced, like uh, ten and uh, ten two, so and then yeah, thirteen uh, one and thirteen two, right. thirteen two, thirteen three, <clears throat> and then of course anything that has to do with Final Fantasy seven and Dirge of Cerberus and all those other games that were around it, uh, Crisis Core, etc. Um, but no, I yeah, I think the closest we have is that. Um, is uh, Final Fantasy XII being uh, in the same world. And it also has actually pieces of uh, stuff from uh, Tactics Advanced. Well, I mean, there's Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII and uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I don't know. Joel, uh, we don't talk about Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if that's necessarily (laughs) canon since, you know, it's a Disney property thing. And they were since removed. (laughs) You haven't gotten there yet, Joel, but they were removed. (laughs) They were canceled. I mean... (laughs) In, final, in, uh, in, in Kingdom Hearts 3, they are no longer exist. Mm, well, I didn't make right. it that far, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler, Joel. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, would, I, would act, I was going to ask, what do you think would be a, uh, a weird genre to have a sequel for Final Fantasy? But then I remembered that we have Dirge of Cerberus, so I don't... Uh, there's Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. There's Chocobo Racing. There's Blitzball. Yeah. <laughs> Blitzball was Blitzball its own separate game? game. Yeah, there was a. It didn't get into its own. There was, I thought, 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 thought there was a Blitzball game. No. Mm. You know what we do? Maybe have, I made that up in my uh, head. <laughs> we have what's it called? The um, Triple Triad. Mm. Got several oh, yeah. like mm. non-official games, including Getty buying all the physical cards. Wish I had stupid Getty having all the cool cards. I hate two D fighter. Well, they had uh, they had Dissidia. They had Dissidia. I said, is that a 2D fighter? It was like a 3D. No, it is absolutely not. You want a 2D I, fighter. I want like a Dragon Ball Fighter Z like oh. tone. And uh, yeah, give it, me one of those. The city was, kind, have was be... kind of like Urguys almost. No, the city is like a, the, Joel, there's a, there's a, there's a genre of fighter that I don't think you know of. And it's like, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember what it, I, I used to know. I think it's like a brawler or something. It's like, um, you ever like play like Xenoverse and all them? Oh Lord, a life. Where you like ago. fly and shoot beams, but you're like fighting in like a 3D space, and you can fly and go into that air. Is that sort of like Zone of the Enders or? Uh... Yes, but imagine that in like uh, an actual like a pl- like a like a, a circle arena, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, that's what there was a PlayStation like, you know, they have those like a, that. I can't remember what it was called. They have, well, they have a lot of those games now in general. Like uh, you'll see those anime brawlers. A lot of those fighters. We played um, one that was uh, One Punch Man had a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they made one that was just anime characters, including like Goku and the kid from Death Note and Shonen Jump. Oh. Yeah, it was all Shonen characters. That was a game I actually bought. That game, me and Getty both did. Um, they and so that's what Dissidia is. Okay, it's it's that genre of three D fighter brawler. Okay, well, I don't want that. No. <laughs> I mean, the city is a cool premise, and everyone's very coolly, like, 3D rendered. You know, if you want to see Terra from Final Fantasy VI uh, fighting Cloud, it's kind of cool. Oh, I'm sure it's a quality game. I'm just... Psychic Fighters, you know, that's you what mean, I was thinking You mean a 2D of. fighter. Oh, okay. 
Uh, we got Gigabash, which is a Godzilla fighter, uh, but like a 3D. You're clashing with other monsters in the cityscape, which is actually a very fun and good idea. I think they already made a Godzilla game like this, just wasn't very successful. And Trek to Yomi, which is the 2D black and white samurai game that is like a side scroller, but has like a lot of cool style as far as like the colors and are concerned. Um, not for not, but probably gonna get end up reviewing that one in the future. So keep an eye out. So knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. Freebies. Freebies this week. We have City Skylines over at Epic Game Store and Toho Hero of Ice of Ice Fairies, uh, the prologue free on Steam. Toho is a uh, is actually a long running Japanese series of games. I played Toho Luna Nights, hmm. but uh, this is a yes. shooter. This is like um this is like a bullet hell shooter. Ooh. So Toho Hero of the Ice Fairies. Didn't KDF, KMFDM did a song now, like that? Uh, Toho Boho. Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. But you never ask the news about its age. Because I said old stuff was cool. I'm so sorry, news. Be back. back back with the backlog blog where we play games that make us want to stop playing games so uh i want to talk about this game that i uh, i reviewed uh a couple months ago called uh land of screens uh i like we we like indie games here on our uh, super gg radio podcast and this is a small title that is the story of a girl who has gone through a breakup and uh, it, as soon as she's like trying to figure out how to like tell people and whatever, uh, the ex-boyfriend posts on social media uh, about their breakup, giving him the immediate like sympathy hmm. that she kind of felt was, uh, you know, he got the, he got the first you know shot off, you know. So... Uh, she then gets kind of sucked. She's going to go on a, a, a uh, to a work conference and also ends up like stopping at a friend's house who she hasn't seen forever and all this stuff. And uh, you know, it, it's a it's just kind of like a, a point and click adventure that will eventually uh, lead to uh, her kind of discussing her relationship. But the main point of the game is that everybody's on their phone. And she's purposely trying to disconnect. And it's it's kind of a re- refreshing idea, except for, you know, and I, I thought it was really well animated. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a cartoon. It's very um, fun, and, and it, it, it's got a good style to it musically as well as uh, the, the animation and the character design. But I did feel that it kind of really put it in your face that, like, that like everybody they, they have kind of all of the tropes there that are kind of annoying you have like she goes to a party because she hasn't seen her friend in like years and 
of course, there's like a conversation between like, yeah, I only see you on Facebook and like, I only know what you're doing on Facebook. And then, you know, of course, she meets somebody who's like a social media influencer and she's tweeting and hashtagging everything. And it's like, oh, you're just you're that annoying character. And then you meet like somebody else like I'm playing my online phone game and don't talk to me. I'm in the middle of a raid and on this game and my phone. And she's like, oh, okay. It, it just it very much doesn't it's not subtle in any way. <laughs> Everywhere they go, it is, oh, hey, I'm the guy. No, I'm in the forest, but I just can't stop tapping my phone for this game. And, oh, no, I got to uh, – there's one guy who's only like, oh, yeah, did you hear they broke up? And he's like, oh, did you – do you, you friends with them? No, I just follow everybody on social media, and I just talk about what everyone's doing all the time. And it's like, oh, okay, you really don't like – okay. It's just every every person's like a character. Mm-hmm. You know, just like these caricatures of what you would you – would, you see the most extreme – cases of these people of course these people exist but like that's not the that's not the normal i i i feel maybe that's me is uh is it meant to be humor or is it meant to be taken seriously uh it's it's it it rides the line where it has some jokes but in the end you you're you know she's still kind of dealing with this relationship Mm -hmm. issue and um, she's very uncomfortable in the space that she, again, uh, made she, the character is made to be like, she keeps herself pretty well guarded and only like at one point, you know, of course they say like, Oh, you guys seem so happy. And she goes, yeah, because I only post happy things on Facebook. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see everybody's highlight reel. Yes. Which again, mm-hmm. isn't for me, it's like, yeah, I understand that that's like a, a, that's a very heartfelt message, but I also am like, that's not also a new message. That's kind of a common, like, that's a thought process that I think, like, a lot of, it's not, it, it, it tries to make it seem like it, that's a really deep thought, when I feel like that's not entirely, that's not a really deep thought to, like, a lot of people have that thought. I wonder if it's just more that this game isn't for us. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, maybe they're just trying to capture some people who are at an age or stage in their life where that hits meaningfully, but... You could be right. You very much could be right. Um, I, I I did enjoy it. I didn't have like a bad time with it, but I just also felt like the the message ended up hitting me over the head, and I didn't I didn't feel like I needed to be, you know. I'm like, hey, don't talk to me like this game. I know it. I know it. I pay attention to my social media time and my phone. <laughs> yeah, you know. which again, is, yeah, you know, maybe it's not, not made for me. Everybody right? does. Yeah. So Alex doesn't either. He's just putting up a front. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all. I just think that like it, f- it feels a little bit like it was just really preaching at me as opposed to like giving me a well thought out comment on it, like a commentary on it. So uh, that was Land of Screens. Uh, Joel, you also had uh, an interesting experience with an indie game this uh, this week, did you not? I did. I did. At uh, you know what, Aztec Forgotten Gods. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed my time with that game. Uh, what kind of game is it? It is an open world 3D action game. Uh, you play a character named Ashley, and I, I'm probably wrong in how I pronounce that, but uh, she's a younger woman in this Aztecian society that's very future advanced type stuff. Uh, and it is a story of her accidentally awakening this gauntlet this big sort of like ancient relic gauntlet thing and being imbued with the spirit of a god saying that she needs to defeat these 
seven or eight other gods in her world in order to save her mother who's been trapped in this ancient technology like dungeon prison thing it uh the core of the game is really good so they the open world actually isn't too too big which i think works well in the taste of this game and her rocket arm thing it acts as a rocket so like think iron man you know that's sort of the the blast pads in the palm of your hand and you have a boost button and it'll just rocket you straight up if you're just standing there and then they tilt the stick to sort of try to move a direction right uh but it is really really a hard turn so like you don't have to move the stick too far before you're just going at a 90 degree angle you have to sort of very very tightly like incrementally go up on the stick to have any sort of semblance of control while you're flying uh it's actually it was actually kind of exhilarating like it it has this sense of no control a little bit and unwieldy so that once you actually do get to a point where you're competent you're still not like rocket man you're not perfect but you feel like you're accomplishing something just by going through the game uh the combat itself from a functional standpoint is pretty rote straightforward stuff you got like sort of a punch you've got a stronger punch you have a projectile weapon that you did at some point in the game uh and the moves itself aren't really the special thing it's when you fight those gods uh so each god will sort of appear throughout the story in a different landmark so one will be like in a forest temple the other one is in this sort of like huge amphitheater kind of place and Mm -hmm. they're these set piece arenas where you show up Usually there are these floating rings that act as bounce pads or like boost pads if you go through them. And it will be this really like dynamic fight where it'll have the different phases and each phase will have a certain strategy where one was like uh, that forest temple one. You actually had to use your slice projectile move to cut them off the vine and then bash at their glowing spot on their body, and then they would stitter off, and you'd have to fight off different waves of side mobs until you found their way back to them. Uh, other ones, you basically had to be in the air the entire time in order to survive, which, cool. like, it, it, it's it's really, really cool. Just stuff like that, it, like, you did that split two-second spot to get on the ground refresh before you're already in danger and you're just having to be moving along the entire time trying to figure out when you can pick your shots and things uh very very cool bosses and all of them were fun to play kind of makes me think of uh the other character kind of 3d platformer that you used to love um with the the gravity shifting gravity rush yeah yeah, that is sort of my uh, shining standard of this kind of stuff, just because of the polish of that. And, you know, like, it's a matter of if the feel matches what the premise is, right? So, like, what was cool about Gravity Rush is that she is this character whose ability is not flying, it's shifting your gravity. And so you have to then, like, pivot yourself in interesting ways before you turn on the gravity again and have to sort of stop and start to get to where you're going if you need to turn and stuff. This shares a little bit of that, except it's it's more fluid, it's more dynamic. You are rocket boosting different places. Okay. So you you had a really good time with this one. I did. I did. Um, I do have a few things. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I mean this as uh, constructive feedback, <laughs> you know, because I, I like this game a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, but there were a few things that kind of broke the experience at some points. Um, oh, okay. One early on, and this might be a PlayStation 4 thing specifically, but I would at early on be able to just fly through buildings. Hmm. Like structures that are supposed to be hard structures that you're not meant to go through. Um, okay. Maybe you're secretly uh, well, Kitty Pride X Men. Hmm. Yeah, there, that's what I'm thinking of. She phases. What does Kitty Pride do? Yeah, phases throughout. Goes through walls. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, the uh, other thing was that. So I I found the story. You know. Not too heavy, at, I mean, until it got to the end. Uh, pretty nice conversational kind of focus that drives it. Um, but the problem is that they use the sort of like Legend of Zelda kind of thing where they'll communicate in noises. Except okay. like in, in Zelda, if you consider like the new one, they don't make noises except for like when you choose different options or like stopping a conversation it's not common this one you would go through a dialogue area and like every different sentence would have some sort of ooh or ah or sigh or the mom even makes like a woohoo like homer simpson at some point occasionally and and it it does kind of take you out of it a little bit especially like there was a few boss battles where they were making those verbal noises while talking where like the mom would be like now's your chance go and fly in and then it just it it took you out of the moment a little bit it's one of those things where like i've got no problem with there being no vocals on a game like i I think you should go one way or another you either uh don't bother having any vocal audio or you just go all in and try to make sure everything is actually voiced out um, I played a game called Ali Ali World that came out uh, rather recently, and in that one, there was just dialogue for days, and it was the same like, kind of like you said, like like little noises and like like simlish a little bit, just like wah 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 wah, mm-hmm. which is fine except for like Ali Ali is like a fast like you just want to it's like a you want to play a minute and a half of the skateboard level, and then you move on. But when there's like forty five seconds of dialogue that you have to skip through. Uh, while they're doing that, or and, and before and after each level, hmm. and then I mean, there's a there is a there. Sometimes they will like, like, hey, so what do you think? And your option is, yeah, like like let, let's talk more, or it'll say, hey, I gotta go, and your guy will just like leave <laughs> mid sentence to go skateboarding, and it's like, oh great, fan-. like there is kind of a skip button, but it's like also you're kind of being a jerk, which doesn't affect <laughs> anything, but it's still like funnier that they like they make you skip it because there is just so much dialogue in it. It, it. And if you're, it's a, it's a, like you said, a cute feature, but not if you're just overloading and it's constant, it stops being cute. Right. Yeah. Th- there's a, there's a red line that you can sort of cross if it is too chirpy without somebody actually using words. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think they quite hit that balance right on that. Um, you know, th- there are some da- graphical sacrifices you have to make in this game too. Uh, mm-hmm. With the understanding that it's an independent team making an open-world 3D game, I kind of give credit to some sense in that alone because they they hit the fundamentals so right with this. Um, but I I think if you are forgiving of some graphical 
age to the game and maybe choose a different platform than PlayStation 4, uh, that it's a it's a very good game. Like you can have a lot of fun with this, especially if you're willing to just like dive in and try to put the effort in to be good at it. Do you feel like this could be like a new budding IP? That's what I hope. I mean, it's an interesting world. The the concept of the sort of Aztec ruined society and old gods and things is compelling to me. Mm-hmm. And I think she's an interesting character. Like she's she's kind of spunky, but also like not uh, annoyingly so. You know, so yeah, I I'd I, like to see this character in like the new pantheon of those like indies that do crossovers. Like, let's see her in Dead Cells, and then let's see like the Dead Cells guy and this lady in Rivals of Aether. Hmm, maybe, or maybe they'll go to like the 3D generation, and then it'll turn into like uh, what kind of fighter is Dissida? Oh yeah, like the Probably brawler, yeah, Fire Emblem, yeah. <clears throat> okay. There we go. See, that's what I'm into. Like, let's get those indies exposed. You know, let's get those exposure out there for them. Let's get them. Let's see their names out there and get that franchise movement. Uh, well, uh, I'm glad that we both played those indies because um, I got to tell you, we got to make some time. Uh, Phil has been. Uh, uh, I want. I don't want to say harassing us, but you've definitely been like, "Hey guys, hey guys, you should check us out. You should check us out." And I'm like, "Oh, what is this thing? You have uh, found a game called a Blood yeah. Bowl Two. Uh, yeah." I- we thought you you had you were under the impression this was like at first uh, yeah uh, from football. looking at the screenshots i was like wait a minute is this like mutant league football hold on because i love the mutant league uh, games the hockey and the football for sega genesis and uh i know that team was uh, working to resurrect uh, that franchise but um yeah so i just took a stab at it joel's <clears throat> i think believe joel's also yeah, so a big took, fan of those so i took a stab at it yes. and downloaded it and it turns out it was a. Uh, you know, then I actually decided to read the description because, you know, never read anything first. And it turns out it's a strategy game that basically takes um, Warhammer 40K and mixes it with uh, American football. So it's a turn-based strategy combat game, but it's football. Kind of like Battle Chess. That's what I told Joel, I think, when we've, after I played it. I'm like, this is like Battle Chess, but football. <laughs> You, you speak my language, Phil. <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> uh, I think thanks to Phil, we all bought this, and because uh, it was on it was on a deep sale, uh, I bought the pack that had yep. all of the teams, all the extra teams, and I'm like, oh, I haven't even, I haven't even installed this, but I'm like, I don't know, this seems like a good price, and it seems like a good product. I really, I think the tactics genre can like work in a lot of different uh, facets, and I think that this is one of them that I'm like, yeah. Football would be a fun. It is. It really, they really do uh, a good job in, in mixing kind of what would normally be a fast-paced uh, action game that has a lot of uh, uh, rules with people moving around, and it really slows down the game. But it makes you think about what you're going to do, especially when it comes to like uh, certain unit types. So you have uh, like you have your orcs, you have dwarves, you have humans, uh, you got uh, goblins, elves, and you know, each team can have their own uh, captain. And as your players, you know, play through games, they get experience for doing things like knocking somebody out of the, um, off the field or scoring a touchdown or making a pass or straight up brutally murdering somebody on the field. Cause you can do that. Um, <clears throat> and once you, um, 
get your guy a certain amount of points that can level up and, and everything it's very much like warhammer it's a roll of the dice so it randomizes kind of okay you level up what skills can you get and you get get skills like increased strength or uh pass blocking or like uh expand your tackle field and things like that and this is um very much in tactics uh, i mean this was based off a board game this is you know based off of the warhammer board game and they actually had a, a board game of blood bowl 2 which i was watching a youtube video of you know how people play that and yeah it's you know if you're gonna make a pass it's a roll of the dice your guy's got a 50 percent chance of making that pass or he'll fumble trying to throw it and you'll see the percentages. So if you want to pass to somebody, you can see, you know, 50% success on the pass and like a 67% uh, chance on the catch. And if you have like these perks, like a reroll, if they fumble it, you can call for a reroll and they'll re reverse it. You know, you'll see the video rewind and then they throw the dice again. And it's like, okay, so either <laughs> you do good and they make the pass or they fumble it again and then instant turnover. So uh, it's... <clears throat> Did they? Yes. Did they, is there a dice? Yeah, and oh. you'll see the dice are actually for the actions. So when you roll the dice, depending on your character strength, if you have like an ogre with a really strong guy next to you, and you're facing this weak dude, you get three dice, and you know you get to choose which one is going to be your action. Because sometimes it could be a negative; it'll be a skull, which means you fail the action, or it could be like a like a pow icon, which means you basically knock the dude on his butt. Or it could be like a push, like an arrow icon, which is basically pushing them back a, a space. And um, depending on, and it's very randomized of the kind of damage you do. You can knock somebody down when you choose to attack them. Uh, you can knock them out, which takes them out of the game. Or you can stun them, which if you hit them hard enough when they get stunned, they can't be used on the next turn for the opposing team. Or if you hit somebody hard enough, they will die. And it's permadeath. So if one of your players gets killed in a game, you have to after the game you have to recruit another player. That guy's gone. Wow, that's intense. I, I, yeah, I wonder if you could just be kind of disqualified for just not. Uh, no, I mean at some point I think I had the opposing team down to like four players, and I was down to like six because. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like, if if you win, if you win though, but you only have four players, I haven't, you have to go I haven't the next done that actually. Handicapped? Because, um, yeah, that's what I'm more curious about. Like, I'm can sure you screw it's yourself? A possibility, like that? maybe. I haven't tried it, um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> at least. Uh, so I'm playing through the campaign, and it's basically a team of humans with uh, with an ogre, and I, it looks like some sort of like super humanoid type guy is one of the star players and you're going through this scenario where you were a, a coach that was on the chopping block and they were just like okay you know season's gonna start they're gonna lose we can fire him and if you keep winning it's kind of like the drama that's unfolding with uh, the commentators which is a big ogre and a little vampire dude who kind of banter back and forth and they're like so they've won three in a row and now the the sponsor has pulled their funding, and the owner of the team has put out a uh, a hit on the team on the team's coach because he wants them gone, <laughs> you know. So <clears throat> it, it's because of that kind of uh, play, you know. It's it doesn't it's not a game that takes itself too seriously, and um, so through the campaign, randomly 
shit just happens. Like, at the start of a, a game, you'll find you'll have an extra player. And it's like, wait a minute, why do I have an extra ogre on my team? And it turns out it was uh, the ogre who was doing the commentating who was an ex-player who wanted to get in on the action. So suddenly he's on my team and I can use him. <laughs> and then um, at the beginning of another match, uh, there you see like uh, the stadium and the camera's rotating and suddenly... Uh, you see, like, it's this little goblin on a little pedal, pedal thing that's a little helicopter with a camera. And I guess, like, it, the helicopter breaks. He's like, oh, no, camera five is going down. And it crashes on the field. And it's now that whole section of the field cannot be used to move on. So it becomes an obstacle in the play. <laughs> and it's like, oh, somebody must have sabotaged that camera. It's like, yeah, I bet it was the guys who were placing the bets, <laughs> you know. So, you know, just weird things happen. <laughs> Do you is the goal still the same yes. to get the ball? So you know, so the, yeah, the, so the, the kick starts with a kickoff, and you got to grab the ball. And again, everything's a roll of the dice. So if you have a guy who's particularly clumsy, you know, he may have like a thirty percent chance to actually pick up the ball. He tries to pick it up and he'll fumble it and drop it, and then your turn's over. You know that that's it's that kind of kind of game. And uh, but if your guy picks it up, then you can choose hmm. to move him x amount of spaces, and then you can move all your players to spaces that are trying to defend him. Usually you want to use your turns to take out the other team. So you want to start trying to tackle dudes, knock them out, and clear a path for your guy to get through and make it to the end zone. Okay. Okay. Uh, Alec, have you dabbled in any of these games? I did the original Blood Bowl, and I was pretty terrible at it. Um, I could Granted, this was a while ago, but... Maybe I'm going to have to pick this one up or just wait for Blood Bowl 3 to come out. I think this is a pretty... No, it's from 2015. Like, I don't think this is new, but... When, but uh, we... No. Yeah, uh. and I think the first Blood Bowl was like wow. 2000. <laughs> wow. But we, we got the... There was a pack that was the whole thing. You can either get the game for three bucks or you can get the whole pack of the whole uh, yeah. all the bonus content for seven. I think it was well worth it. But... Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, Joel, uh, did you get you you played some of this, didn't you? I played a little bit of the I played the like intro training session. I when I heard that uh, Phil was gonna come up here, my first thought was just like, oh shit, I haven't played enough of this. To <laughs> talk about it. uh, it, it's you know I like the structure of it. I think to what's been said here, again, being able to slow down the game to something strategically, and then being able to plot out your moves like it was. Uh, you know the sort of i don't want to use it's XCOM, like chess, that's game a of chess too really. tough by comparison but it, it yeah it, it is like you you has there are even parts where you're trying to run a route around a player and then there's a mm-hmm. chance that they're going to trip you up going through like you have to take into account all these different like variables as you're plotting out your path and deciding when to throw uh it it is my kind of game like i'm looking forward to putting more time in it I, I'm just curious about it. I just in general, I think that like the idea and the concept is like a fun, a fun one that I think that like would work in that kind of st- uh, strategy uh, world. Um, also, I do. I will let you know that the Warhammer 40k. I think there was a new one. As of yeah, there was one fairly recently. recently. I think I saw Angry Joe talking about it. Yeah, and uh, I hear really great things about that one. If 
people of people are into those that tabletop RPG. Like that's kind of that strategy. That's what it's kind of called nowadays. It's become the uh, tabletop RPG style of gameplay because you know they obviously do uh, make these uh, miniatures and you know people get set up with like the whole table and and like all of the different environments. And uh, for reference, it is on Xbox Game Pass. So anyone looking to get into tabletop, you got uh, Blood Bowl 2, but we also have the new Warhammer. I highly recommend Blood Bowl 2. If, if you're into that kind of thing, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for uh, getting us on that, because I'm, uh, I'm sure that it, Getty will have more to say on it in the awesome. future, too, because he also picked it up. So Now let's move into one last thing. One last thing sends us out into the weekend and you, the listener, into the weekday. For me, uh, I'm not going to do the one last thing brought to you by because, look, Getty, this is my podcast now. Shout out to Getty. <laughs> Shout out to Getty. Uh, my one last thing, uh, I'm going to finish this podcast and then I'm going to pack because I'm going out of town for the weekend. Like, I'm literally going to close the laptop and then just put it in a suitcase. It's going to be great. It's going to be great, guys. Joel. Party at Alex's. Okay. <laughs> Joel, one last thing. Uh, I would like to uh, thank our Lord and Savior, Captain Falcon, for uh, blessing and bestowing upon us this copy of F-Zero X. Uh, and I pray that we will soon be blessed further with GX in a sequel. Like, now. So, give, give me, show your give me new F-Zero now. Joel, is it true that F Zero is because of it's not F one? I believe it. I also saw that. That was a new uh, revelation for me, <laughs> too. I, I, I just never heard that one. Now. Never thought of it. Yes, actually. <laughs> Have you heard of that, Phil? That's wild. That's a wild thought. Uh, Alec, your one last thing. You know, I actually have nothing this weekend. I'm just looking forward to D and D and. Rolling some dice. No more Saints Row for you? Uh, no, I'm going to still play some more of it. I've been enjoying my time with it. Got a stay of execution? I beat it. Yeah. I beat it an hour ago. Yes. An hour ago. Um, I find myself Phil, in a bit of a conundrum. Um, two really awesome racing games were Is released that? in the past week, and I don't know which one to get. I'm stuck between Grid Legends and Gran Turismo 7. And they have it for PlayStation 4. You don't 4. have a PlayStation 5. Mm. But you I don't have a PlayStation, play PlayStation 4, and if 4. I have a reason to play it, I will play it. <laughs> and Gran Turismo is a good reason to play I, it. I am, I'm told that it's worth the PlayStation 5. I've invested my money I'm in a Steam Deck, so I have to wait. Well, I'm, I'm telling you is that the, the haptic feedback on the controllers, it's uh, how you, you handle the pressure of the bra- the pressure between braking. You and, plebeian, and I don't use the controller. I have a wheel and pedals. No, they no they, <laughs> no 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 they. There's only one that'll work with, uh, I believe the PlayStation Five version, and that's why people were mad is because they only had one that has like a little security chip but at the same time uh known racers and friends over at gaming fix have said that the haptic feedback 
is actually really cool enough that it makes it okay to play it with the controller. They said that that like he was kind of mad about it. Our friend Pat at Gaming Fix was mad about it, but he also said that the haptic feedback and the way you do it, because it gives you the level of pressure that you you have. The it just makes you feel like you have more control over. Yeah, how I, I get that with everything. the the pedals uh, on on my racing setup, so I'll, I'm fine playing it on PlayStation Four. But again, Grid Legends looks pretty good too. So, mm. it's exciting. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio. We had, uh, had SuperGGRadio.com. We had some reviews popping off this week. We had Aztec Forgotten Gods by Joel and Pop Slinger by Phil. Uh, both reviews for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 up on our website, SuperGGRadio.com. Still under construction, but uh, still functional. We also next week will have a beta breakdown and possibly another review. So keep your eyes peeled to our YouTube channel and our website. Um, for Twitch streaming, I will be out Monday, but we still have uh, Tuesdays with Joel. Joel, what are you playing on Tuesdays and possibly Saturday? Well, we played Affordable Space Adventures on Tuesdays, Saturdays, TBD. We're sort of just rotating stuff till we did something figured out long term. Cool. Not that Kingdom Hearts, huh? Yeah, we'll come back to it someday. I'm still twisting Getty's arm to start streaming, so that'll probably be updated into the schedule in the future. Uh, so it seems like Joel will be the lone Twitch streamer this week. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is uh, mail at SuperGGRadio and provide a review on iTunes or the undercover alien of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good day. GG Alec. GG Phil. Good night, everybody.